And hey, and welcome to the Sam's Report. I am your host, Brad Sams, and today is the end of April. It's actually the 22nd, and this is going to be a very interesting show. I'm going to be multitasking beyond my life here, um, but it is good. Uh, so there should have been music to that intro. Uh, for those of you listening to the audio, I have a new fancy video intro. I don't know why the music didn't play, but there totally should have been music. And, uh, well, yeah, so there should be music next time. So for the people in the chat room, thanks for letting me know that. I will figure out why that did not work. But anyways, so we are kicking things up a notch. New logo, uh, new video intro. We're trying to make this thing more professional here, and it's just slowly stepping uh, in the right direction. And, yeah, lots of good stuff going on. I was in New York last week. A lot of things going on in the world of Microsoft that I missed, and I've also discovered a new issue because I changed up webcams, and that it's sunny outside, so I actually had to block a window, so the lighting in here is very dynamic, and I've got to get new lighting uh, situations. I'm actually also thinking of getting two cameras. There'd be like a multi-angle view for those that watch at home, but yeah, cool. So we are going to dive in here. This is going to be a great show, I promise. And it's going to be very good very soon. But before we dive into that, I want to go over some sort of housekeeping stuff or whatever. New logo, new video, all good things. Moving moving on up, making this a better place for everybody, for you and me in the words of Michael Jackson. But um, things last week, I was in New York City for a couple reasons. One, we were doing some crazy awesome stuff on Therat. Uh No timelines to announce or features to announce yet, but know that we were making that uh it's going to be fun. I, I, we're doing some stuff I've never been able to do before that I wanted to do for years at Neowin and never really had the capability or the financial backing to do it. And I think it's going to be great. So there's going to be a lot of good stuff coming in throughout this year. It's about as specific as I can get. And we'll start to reveal more about that. And that's one of the primary reasons I was in New York. Uh, one of the other big things that happened last week is actually Blue Well Web, the holding company that owns Throt and Petri. Uh, acquired IT Unity. Actually, it acquired two companies, IT Unity and NC Communications. So this is great stuff for us. There's more people coming on board. The company is growing. How this really impacts you all, not too much directly. NC Communications and IT Unity do events. So I'm probably going to be going to events a lot more or doing a lot more webinars and that type of stuff, which I love to do. Uh, Public speaking is one of my favorite things. And Yeah, so they also specialize in SharePoint, Office 365, still very much in the Microsoft wheelhouse, but we're just growing as a publication, which is a good sign all around, and it's really, really good stuff. So, like I said last week in New York, it was to hash out some of that, and was hanging out with Paul, and doing what things I always do with Paul, and just debauchery, and planning, and that kind of stuff, but hopefully that should be last trip to New York for a little bit here, although I did enjoy hanging out with Mary Jo Foley and going to Rattle and Hum a significant amount. Other things going on today. After this, uh, what is it? What am I doing? A podcast. Uh, there's an AMA on Reddit. Actually, I'm partaking with this in our Windows phone. That's the Windows phone sub-community for those of you not familiar with Reddit. And Mary Jo Foley and Dan will be joining myself to do this. So that is kicking off around noon. So in about an hour and five minutes or so. So yeah, going to be a busy day, but let's just dive right in here, and I want to get some things out of the way before we dive into the awesome stuff that I promise is coming. So Microsoft announced their earnings this week. Um, 
Yeah, so they announced their earnings. It was technically a miss, but they said if they didn't have these tax implications that uh, arose during the year, then or the quarter, then they actually would have beat earnings estimates, but they missed. So it was a it was an earnings miss for them. Twenty point five billion in revenue, three point eight billion in net income, which is down from last year. But like I said, they missed because of a tax implication. But really, the story here is the Windows Phone. Uh, Windows Phone revenue decreased 662 million or 47% because Microsoft sold only 2.3 million Lumia phones for that quarter. Uh, for comparison, the prior year for the same period, they also sold 8.6. Now, we know it was going to be a dramatic drop. I don't know if people thought it would be that steep, but it's because of a shift in strategy, right? They're making um, lower phones, lower volumes of phones. Um, and it, it's this, this shouldn't be a big surprise, but it it's kind of a shock that it's, I honestly thought it was gonna be a little bit higher than 2.3 million, but there you go. That kind of gives the uh, overview of actually how many phones are selling in the premium markets uh, in the premium low ends with their new strategy. And I don't expect them to see that number climb significantly anytime soon, basically because they're not really ready to change their strategy. They're still trying to figure it out. And they said they are gonna to try to cut their overhead to improve that line, but that's Windows Phone in a nutshell. Uh, 2.3 million sold for the quarter, and it's just it's just there, but it's not doing great. But all hardware across Microsoft is not doing poorly. No, 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 it is not. Uh, Surface revenue was up to 1.1 billion, a jump of 61% over last year. And it's pretty obvious to see why. Surface Book, right there, Surface Pro 4, seem like they're doing well. They actually, they, they, they genuinely seem like they're doing pretty well. So that is all good stuff. So Surface Revenue doing well. Office 365 subscriptions. Uh, this is actually pretty good for them because this is a key profit driving center and what keeps a lot of people locked into the Microsoft ecosystem. Office 365 subscriptions grew to 22.2 million subscribers. That is a pretty large jump over the previous quarter. And Azure Revenue, although it did not jump as much as some were expecting, it did still jump. So as your revenue growing 120%, that is that is phenomenal growth. It's up to a 6.1 annual runway. I, I believe it's annual, uh, but it's a $6.1 billion business for the company. It, the cloud bet is paying off in leaps and bounds for the company. I believe it is one of their highest margin items that the company actually has because it's a service, uh, which service industries generally have much higher margins. And so Azure, kicking ass. That's really not a surprise, although their stock is down um, quite a bit. This morning, it was around four or five points. Last time I checked, it, it's going to fluctuate all over. And um, yeah, but Azure, I'm actually really, really pumped to see all that. So earnings, in a nutshell, they, were, they weren't as good as Wall Street expected, but Wall Street's very finicky, and they play for the 90 days. Um, generally not bad though. I mean, they made 3.8 billion in net income. The company is not hurting. They're not going to go under it by any means. Some people think Microsoft is doomed, but I honestly think in, I don't know, I think in about 10 years or so, we're going to look back at Microsoft and, and look at it as one of the greatest pivots in the technology sector. I, I really fundamentally believe this because they, they can't charge for software anymore. And that was their bread and butter for decades is you're going to pay for the software and we're going to support it. And that's it. Pay support. That's it. Now it's not that simple anymore. So they've done a, a, a really good job. I think Nadella has reigned control. And, and credit has to go to Bomber too, uh, because you know he started this transition, although he didn't execute it as well as I think he could have. And he'd certainly missed things in like Windows Phone. But I think they're making a fantastic um, pivot. So with that being said, I wanted to run through that because I believe... 
No, um, to people who are wondering why everybody was in New York last week, that this is not necessarily related to that. Uh, I'll be completely candid. New York, going to New York was completely Paul and I think. No, it's not a Surface 4 announcement. Do not. <laughs> that Surface 4 is completely independent of this. So don't. It's not Surface 4. That's not the announcement. Apologize. That's uh, incorrect. Okay, somebody else published. So there's a new Windows 10 beta build coming out today, and it has a bunch of features. New build time, 14328. It is going out to desktop and mobile phone. And let's dive in, people, because there is a ton of new stuff in this release. And I'm going to try, I don't, I'm going to try to see if I can't download it at the same time. But there are a ton of new things. We'll get back to the Surface 4. So Windows 10, build 14328, is in the process of rolling out, I believe, based on what Gabe has just tweeted. So here we go. There, I, Just bear with me. So Windows Inc. is now in this build. And I'm trying to multitask here at the same time so I can get this thing to start downloading. <laughs> so Windows Inc. is now in this build. Um, that was kind of new at build, but that's not really all that's new in this build. It's just now available if you have a touch device with a pen. So we have Windows Inc. Windows Inc. But the updated start menu is now is now coming. Uh, that Microsoft showed off in the quests. So the Windows start menu, this means that there is a merged... Uh, list of the most used apps and all apps into a single view and elevated the top level of the UI. There we go. I'm downloading the build. You should be able to download the build. Have at it. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas, for saying my build, my article is much better. Um, anyways, so let's let's dive in here because seriously, guys, there's, this is so good. I'm really pumped about this. Microsoft sent this over last night, and I spent about an hour and a half writing this post. So we have a the new updated start menu. Uh, we also have a full screen all apps list and start. This is kind of new stuff or older stuff that they announced. Something that is new. If you are in the tablet mode, it is going to auto hide the taskbar. Auto hide. Auto hide. Finally, I've been actually asking for this for when you use the tablet mode. It's great. This is awesome. Um, there is also a new icon. There's a new icon. Um, the file explorer is being changed. So it's going to be a little bit more white. There is a new white icon. I honestly think it's kind of ugly, but whatever. New white icon. There are more ways to create Cortana reminders in this release. You can take a picture of something and tell Cortana to remind you. So imagine you're out drinking a beer and you're like, you know what? I like this beer. So you take a picture of it, boom, and it can go into your Cortana reminder. So at a later time, it can tell you, it says, hey, remember that delicious beer you had? Here's a reminder of it. I really like that. I think that's actually pretty cool. Um, contextual reminders inside of UWP apps. So imagine if you're inside of Microsoft News and any UWP app that support, supports the share contract, you can now create reminders off of content inside of a universal app into Cortana. You just click on it, hit the share contract, goes to Cortana, and it creates a reminder. No, that's actually, I'm really pumped about that. I think that's pretty cool too. Cortana, Marcus Ash, good friend of mine. I, I can't give him enough credit for finding new and unique ways to actually use Cortana. Um, Mike, I can't pronounce his last name, it starts with a C, Kalingo, he's another really cool dude, whoever there works on Cortana, and these guys are kicking ass. So, Cortana is now on your lock screen, you can access Cortana, uh, you know, through your lock screen. Now, for sensitive information, such as things in your calendar, there, you'll have to log in, so it's not a complete access to a Cortana, but yeah, there you go. 
that is available now to Cortana Lockstream. What else do we have in here? So we got Cortana reminders. Um, oh, Cortana is easier to use now. So remember when you set up uh, a new build of Windows 10 and it's like, ah, oh, man, you got to log into your account to get started right away. No longer do you have to do that. I think this is a, a move to get people who maybe only use Gmail or don't have a proper Microsoft account. You no longer have to sign in to start using Cortana. I think this is a smart move to get uh, increase that user rate. So that is really good stuff, too. What else? And trust me, the list keeps going on. Deeper file search, including OneDrive results. So now when you search locally, it's also going to peruse through your OneDrive content. And things that are stored in the cloud, it can now search as well. I'm wondering if this is a precursor to placeholders, because this seems along those same lines. Uh, and Microsoft did explicitly say in their post that uh, more features would be coming related to deep search. Uh, Action Center. All the Action Center stuff is coming. They are bringing out all the stops here. So they are now moving the Action Center icon to the far right. Not sure I love this. We'll see how it plays out. But it's going to be in that bottom right corner next to the clock. Uh, Cortana, Cortana notifications are now showing up in Action Center. So they're calling them Cortana Insights. But yeah. Cortana Insights coming to that. Uh, you can now customize the quick actions. This is no surprise. Uh, in there, remember how on the mobile build uh, you can drag it around. And if you follow me too closely on Twitter, I said, "Hey, it makes sense. This is going to be in the desktop." And Gabe responds like, "Soon." And so here we go. So we've got that now working. Um, what else is there? Because it's still coming. So this is a personal favorite here. Microsoft finally is listening to gamers and people who use multi-monitor setups. The taskbar, the taskbar clock, will now show up on every monitor. So if you have a multi-mon setup like I do, the primary desktop is the only one that shows the clock. But now, on my second monitor, it's going to show the clock too. This is great. It's really good for when you're doing something full screen on your main screen. You can now see the clock on the other screen. Very small enhancement. Uh, bravo. So speaking of the clock, this is kind of interesting. and I'll need to play around with this to see how this works. If you now click on the clock and you're using the calendar app, it's going to uh, show your daily tasks. It's going to show you what's on your calendar for that day by clicking on that clock. I'll be curious to see how this works in functionality. Sounds interesting, but we shall see. Uh, badging is now coming to the taskbar for UWP apps. So imagine you have the mail app open, but it's minimized and you get an email. It's not going to show a little one or two or however emails you're missing uh, or have not read. So these types of features are coming to, I believe, all universal apps, but they're definitely going to be working on Microsoft apps. Um, there's updated pen setting pages for that's part of the inking experience. Uh, you can now manage multiple playback devices from the taskbar. So if you click on the little audio icon, it's going to pop up like where things are playing and, uh, different audio sources. You can now manage them. This is again, a really simple update, big improvement from functionality. Uh, there's going to be icons for individual on the settings page. Um, there's a new gesture. I know I'm like firing through this stuff. Trust me, I'm, I'm really pumped about this stuff. There's a new gesture for moving between virtual desktops if you have a precision touchpad. So if you have two virtual desktops open, four fingers swipe left and right. Uh, it's going to jump between the desktops. You can also do like a scrubbing action where you can move um, if you need to jump a couple. So four fingers, left, right, precision touchpad, new gesture, got to be awesome. Uh, this is a nice security addition. So your email address is no longer shown on the lock screen. Really smart move here. I don't know why it took so long to do this, but the lock screen will now lo no longer show your personal email address. Um, you can turn that back on if for some reason you want that. But yeah, so that's that's one thing that you can do.
Uh, media controls are now also showing up on the lock screen if you're playing music or whatever. You'll be able to control the uh, next song, previous song, and then pause and play, and I would assume the volume as well from the lock screen. That's really nice so if you're using your, your Windows PC to play music. You no longer have to log in to change the song. This is, this is good stuff. Um, for those of you in the IT Pro world, there's an updated credential and UAC dialog. So remember when you need to elevate privileges to run something as admin, right now you have to type your password. It will soon support PIN or actually most more logically, it'll now support Windows Hello. That seems so logical, right? You're going to elevate privilege. Why not use Windows Hello? Now you can on, un on that universal or <laughs> anniversary update. Up, like I said, updated file explorer icon. And the last thing, well, there's two more things, but only one that really matters. Uh, improved battery life for Surface and other connected standby PCs. So if your PC uh, supports connected standby, they're leveraging some of the battery saver technology to make connected standby work a little bit more efficiently. And what they're doing is just turning off what they call uh, additional background progress or processes that will, uh, you know, just save battery. That, that's really the crux of it. And then if you're in Japan, um, there's some big updates for, for you as well in terms of usability and everything else. So I promised you this would be a very good show. And that is a colossal list of things that are changing. And I've been saying ever since build, we're not done yet. I don't know how much more we're going to see. I, th I still think there's still some things they have, like Chaseable Live Tiles hasn't been mentioned yet. Um, but this is a huge update. This is like the third, two, second or third in a row uh, that we have seen this. And... Yeah, no, this is really, really good stuff. <laughs> Somebody said best show yet. I know, if, if it was up to me, I'd release a build every show, although it is a bit tough on my end. So that is out now. I am in the process of downloading and will be doing my typical deep dive into all the goodness. But, man, this is a good, this is like a really good release. And I think this kind of shows Microsoft is, is taking this update pretty seriously. I, if you remember back from November, I kept saying the Redstone 2 is, or Redstone 1, sorry, is going to be a much larger update than what they released in November. And here you go. There's a bunch of stuff. And and I I, I know of some other things that are coming. I don't want to talk about them yet because I'm not sure if they're going to make it into this. But from what I've been told, all the groundwork has been laid. There's some visual things that are look coming. Um, and we'll see if we'll see... I heard there were additional updates to the Action Center. We'll see what comes. But what is it? It's April. They're not looking to ship this thing until the summer. I think we still got time for more features to show up. I really do. And this is like this is the, the best time to be a Windows Insider because you're getting all this good stuff. Now, obviously, I'm still downloading. I don't know if this is good to run on a daily driver. I don't run these things on, my, on the machine that I podcast from because I need it to work and I don't want it to blue screen or crash. Uh, but yes, as people keep mentioning, there, this phone update is out for the phone as well. Uh, the connected standby, by the way, does not impact the phone. That is a completely separate thing. But hopefully, this is good. I, this is good stuff. I would definitely recommend you take a look at the posts that I just pushed out. There are some pictures in there. Uh, yeah. So I'm at 94%, although this isn't a VM. That's typically where I run these things. So back to reality here, now that the build is out and doing all that good stuff, I want to take a quick jump back up in my list here. Um, Surface 4, by the way. So Intel announced a new chipset uh, late last week. And what it is, it's really laying the foundation for the Surface 4. This is the next generation Atom chip that they're talking about, which 
by what they tell us, it's not hard to figure this out. So it's going to support this next gen Atom chip supports 4K playback, uh, 4K video playback, I should say, USB Type C charging, uh, faster solid state uh, storage. It has improved graphical enhancements, and it's also technically slightly cheaper. And it supports up to DDR4 RAM. So while these are not the actual specs for the Surface 4, this is the chipset that they're more than likely going to use. I can't see them jumping to it in the M chipset because then it'll overlap with the Pro 4 too much, especially since there is an M version of the Pro 4. So they're going to be running Atom. This is the latest version of the Atom that will be coming out later this year. And it seems completely logical to conclude that this is what Microsoft is going to use. Um, and as somebody points out in the, in the message room, it's, it's way cheaper. Atom is much, much cheaper. So here you go. Those are the basics that I think we can expect to see in the Surface 4. The bummer is that Intel is saying this stuff is not arriving until the second half of 2016. And we already know that Microsoft is holding out until early next spring for a hardware wave. I don't know if they are going to release this along with that wave. I haven't quite heard that far along yet. But yes, Surface 4, that's kind of the basics of that stuff. Uh, other fun things going on in the world of Microsoft. This was just announced today that Microsoft, now, I find this really weird. Microsoft is pulling their complaint from the EU that they had about Google. And so on Twitter, I was joking. It's like, here's how the conversation went. Google went to Microsoft and said, hey, what can we get you to do to pull your complaint from Europe? And Microsoft went over and said, how about some apps? Google responds, I thought we already did that. And Microsoft just gives them the evil, dirty look and says, no, you're not building apps for our platform, jerks. So I honestly wonder if that was actually saying, hey, uh, give us apps, we'll pull, pull the complaint. Microsoft is likely pulling the complaint, too, because the EU has already slammed Android over there uh, with, a, with a formal complaint. And a, I, don't, I don't quite know the EU terminology, but they have registered this complaint, and it's now public. And they're charging Google with anti-competitive practices, which is something Microsoft got slammed with with Internet Explorer. And we all know how that worked out for Microsoft. So if this goes through, and it's going to be years of probably lawyering and complaining and court trials and all that stuff, that uh, Google's going to get hit with a massive fine and probably have to do some things that, uh, I don't know, make Android less competitive. So it's mostly coming with the bundling of apps and requiring that Android use certain applications, which is what Microsoft got hit for. They made, made it anti-competitive to use anything other than Internet Explorer by bundling it. And remember, in the EU, there was the ballot screen. So I wonder if we'll get something similar in the Android world. Who knows? Uh, only the European Union really knows what they're going to be doing with this stuff at this point. But that is what's going on. So I want to bring an update to Skype. So one of the Microsoft engineers emailed me this week and told me that the browser tab ringing bug has been solved. So I I tried this out with Paul. Actually, we tried it both ways. He called me and I called him. We opened browsers. We had every possible instant of Skype running and we called each other. And prior to this bug being patched, the like if you had it open in Outlook.com, that Outlook.com tab would keep ringing despite the fact that it was answered on another device. And I'm happy to report that it stopped ringing like you would expect. So uh, this bug being smashed looks like it's down. So we have one bug smashed, about a dozen to go. And they say that this uh, squashing of this bug should help with the out-of-message order that sometimes we see uh, frequent, well, sometimes more often than not, we see Skype messages being out of order. But, yeah, so that's supposed to happen. Um, as somebody mentioned in the 
uh, chat room. I did not actually try it out with Xbox on Skype. I've never actually used Xbox on Skype because I, I game on my Xbox and that's really about it. I don't use it for much other than that. Um, occasional media streaming and whatnot. But anyways, so they are making progress on Skype finally. And I told them to say, hey, keep, you know, keep the good good vibes coming and let me know when things are patched. And I'm, I'm happy to, you know, announce that stuff. That's fine, considering how vocal I have been against it. But yeah, so there's that. Uh, something I wrote for Petri this week that I kind of want to want to dig in on. So we always joke that it's the year of the Linux or the, it's the year of the Linux desktop. Like that's the big thing. Uh, it, it's the joke among Windows fans and mocking Linux people because they always say next year is when Linux is going to overtake Redmond and crush Windows. So I actually think the year of Linux is actually slowly approaching, but in a very unconventional method. I actually think it might be Microsoft that legitimizes Linux on the desktop. Now, it may not be a Linux desktop, but I think it might be it's Microsoft that's legitimizing this, right? They've brought Bash to the desktop. They've brought one of the best features of Linux to Windows. And people have been able to get Fedora running through this Bash. Uh, LDXE has been able to running. And there's basically people tinkering with all this stuff. And it's like a new playground with Linux, with the Bash uh, servers now on Windows. And so... I, I think Microsoft is kind of bringing Linux not only in software but in spirit because what is what what do people love about Linux, right? It's free. Well, Windows 10 updates are free. So it encompasses that. It's open source. Microsoft has open sourced a lot of technology recently, especially in their programming world. Um, we also have Microsoft embracing more of Linux. Microsoft is bringing SQL Server over to Linux. So while it's not quite the year of Linux that everyone, like, anticipated or want, I really think that Linux is actually going to become legitimized on the desktop through the Microsoft channel, which is the best of best for Microsoft. They get, you know, everything they want out of it. But um, I think there's just kind of an interesting viewpoint of all the Linux fans who keep saying next year's year of Linux. Well, I don't think they're looking at it the right way. I don't truly believe that Ubuntu is ever going to replace Windows. I don't think that's really it. Um, I think that Linux technologies will weave themselves into Windows, and that's how this will kind of uh, mature and materialize. Speaking of Azure, which is one of my favorite things, uh, Microsoft Azure Container Service reached general availability. So if you use app containers and that kind of environment stuff, Microsoft is now bringing this to their cloud um, as a general release. And Oh, so this is interesting. So the build is done. Um, it says your your device is scheduled to restart outside of active hours. Um, how do I actually restart options? That's interesting. I've never actually had active hours block an update like that. Of course, active hours just went live in the last release. So there we go. Let's see if just doing a traditional restart will actually uh, get this. Yeah, it says configuring updates for Windows 10. Let's hope that this um, let's hope this gets the new bits because I'm. I'm anxious to try all this stuff out. So what else went on this week in the world of Microsoft? Uh, Xbox 360, you know, pour one out, although I'm drinking water right now, uh, pour one out for the Xbox 360. It is no longer being built. It had a good run, 10 years or so. I had actually two of them, well, three of them if you count the first one that Red ringed. Uh, but yeah, Xbox 360 no longer being built, so... There you go, if you have some sort of emotional connection to that, but whatever. Acer has a new Windows phone out called the Jade Primo. Primo? Jade Primo Primo? Whatever you want to call it. Uh, the big thing about this phone is it supports Continuum, and it's now shipping, not in the U.S., though. If you go look on Therat, we will see... 
I got a hands-on with it back at CES 2016. And on the Surface side, uh, Surface Pro 4 and Book firmware are out. Now, this this update fixes quite a few things like Windows Hello camera liability, um, monitors connected to a Surface dock. But the, in the traditional Microsoft fashion, there's been some issues with people installing this stuff. It's blue screened a couple machines, uh, people having trouble just getting it installed in general. But yeah, so check it out. Um, I have yet to install it on mine because I kind of want to let these things over. Mostly because I use this Surface Book uh, just about daily. It's what I write with uh, in the evenings. I don't sit down in my office. I sit upstairs. And I write with that thing and I need it to be stable. So that's coming out. Big day for Microsoft. Uh, earnings yesterday. All right. Well, I think Microsoft will be all right. They made it $3 billion in net income. That's uh, That's quite a bit of cheddar. So people keep asking me, um, about a new Xbox. There's been a lot of stuff that's come out. I do have some information a little bit. I don't really want to talk about it yet because I don't quite know. I, there's going to be some stuff at E3, but I don't know if it's quite what everyone is hoping it, it is. Because um, please remember that the Xbox One doesn't actually run at 1080p. Yes, my new build is installing. Um, but there, I think, is a new Xbox One coming, but I don't think... I don't know. I don't know enough about it to, to really say whether or not it is a higher resolution. Um, that rumor cropped up after Sony. So I'm still digging. We got several weeks until E3 and I'll see what I can figure out. But I know Microsoft is working on a new Xbox, but I, I don't know if it's just an update. They work on lots of Xboxes, right? They have special editions. They have elite Xboxes. They have all sorts of fun stuff. And so we shall see what they come out with. But, but, I think that's about it, guys. I'm going to install this build. I think you should install this build. I think this is another great release from Microsoft. I think it really, truly shows the path they're taking with Redstone, that it's not some wimpy update and just... I can't go back to the fact that after build, I got so many messages that said, hey, Brad, uh, Redstone looks really weak. They only announced four things at build. Nope, I kept telling you guys, it's still coming. I, I think we might still have some more stuff up their sleeve. So, good job, Microsoft. Uh, build came out today, downloading it. And thanks for watching, everybody. This has been another episode of The Sam's Report. Thanks for tuning in.